Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. This is Rico, your host. Today is May 23rd, 2010. I almost said 1980, but it is podcast 280. And the reason I almost said it was 1980 is today we're going to do a, a kind of a retro show and look back at uh, that best, you know, by far of the Star Wars films, The Empire Strikes Back. I know there may be a few people listening that maybe don't have that as their favorite. Maybe the first one was your favorite. Who knows? Maybe even the last one of the prequels is your favorite. But for me, it's always been Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that pretty much during the entire podcast this week. A few other things to discuss, uh, the, not the least of which is I am in another new location. For those who listen regularly, uh, I've been in Rockford, of course, for the past several months working, and uh, I had to move, well, I guess it wouldn't say had to move, but I'm in a new apartment. And with that, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit early in the show, and I'll give you some things. You may hear a little more background noise this week. Uh, But anyway, let's get on with the show. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away... Han and the princess's story didn't end with the destruction of the Death Star. It continues in The Empire Strikes Back. The next chapter in the Star Wars saga. An epic of alien worlds. And the climactic clash between good and evil. Join the further adventures of Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Lando Calrissian, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca in a spectacular new episode of the continuing Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy this summer. Yeah, what you heard there is a... um one of the first trailers that I ever saw for Empire Strikes Back, I think the very first one, about a year prior to it being released, the music is classical. It's not John Williams' score. It's by Vivaldi, actually, from the Four Seasons. And that trailer really stuck out in my mind when I first saw it. But I'm going to hold some of that discussion till later in the show. Suffice it to say, uh, that is... Uh, uh, a very cool trailer. I, I like how different it is. But And so, today we're at another new location for me. I am, a couple things, I guess. I am pretty exhausted, so I, I hope my energy level holds through the show. I hope I don't sound sick or tired. Well, I may sound a little different, maybe a little nasally. But the last, probably since about Wednesday, Thursday of this week, I have been trickling, and I didn't realize, I don't think I have that much stuff here to move, but part of it is when I moved and lived at um, where my relatives uh, had that house that I was renting, they had a little bit of furniture and things in there, okay, and I eventually got a bed from them and stuff, so there were some things there that I had to then 
move and take a few of those things over to this new place. So that basically meant there was really more to move, I guess, in a way this time than when I first came to Rockford. And thanks to a couple of helpers and a Somebody had a pickup at work. We were able to get the bed and, and an old couch uh, over here Thursday. And uh, I got everything else over mostly on Friday. And then uh, Saturday, yesterday, I got a few couple last things and went to the grocery store and stocked up on some things because I'd been kind of not buying any new food that much for a while, you know, trying to have less to move and all that. But I am basically in to the new place, and it's pretty nice. I am going to try sometime very soon, whether it's just pictures on the forum or maybe do a little quick video of the new place. Uh, I, I looked around a lot, and I think I've talked about that the last few weeks, and finally found this one. It's um, I'm on the second floor. It is a duplex-type place and it, it's it's really nice it's got a lot of rooms got a couple bedrooms i don't even really need two bedrooms but it, it's kind of nice to have a little extra room makes the place feel a little bit bigger and roomier and uh, it is also uh we're getting a bit of a warm-up here of course you know my first few days into the new place and i'm on the second floor no air conditioning and it's going to be like 90 ish today and i've got a you know a ceiling fan and a couple of the windows open but because of that, you may be hearing some car noise, uh, even a possible siren go by. Uh, what else? Uh, just, you know, ambient sounds may come through, so I apologize for that. I'll try to keep it at a minimum. If it gets really bad or something, I'll pause the recording. But uh, I wanted to mention that, and that's probably going to be the case for a little while as I uh, get sort of acclimated and settled in here. I'm trying to do it kind of early uh, on Sunday, it's fairly quiet here right now. There's a lot of birds chirping, but I don't know if the mic will pick that up. Uh, it's a fairly tight local mic, so it doesn't generally pick up a huge amount of ambient sounds. You probably also notice, maybe because the room is a little bit bigger than I was recording in recently, that just the audio quality or the sound might be a little different. But I would, you know, if anyone has any feedback, if it sounds okay or not okay, please, uh, you know, shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com. I've also got, since I've got the windows open, I, I'm kind of wondering, you know, if anyone down, you know, walking down the sidewalk around here is going to hear me podcasting away up here and think I'm sort of crazy guy up in the uh, second floor, you know, talking to himself. So anyway, um, that's about enough about the apartment. I'm going to take a very short break, have a little uh, tea here, a little iced tea uh, to stay cool, and uh, I'll be back with some other uh, news and Trek stuff. Corporate Jim's been biding his time, waiting for the moment to strike. And now it's come. Aliens are closing in on the tenth city. Mickey is stuck in a world of dreams, and if he doesn't get out, he won't make it through the night. Will Jones and Rose be able to wake him? Death is stalking Tent City, and more than one person will not see the dawn. Come with us as we take a journey down the yellow brick road. There The Martians Are Here podcast at themartiansarehere.com. 
Okay, uh, let's see what to talk about Trek-wise. Uh, not a huge amount. Uh, it's, um, you know, we're just a few weeks past the one-year anniversary of the movie. Um, oh, one thing I did want to mention, and we talked a little bit about this uh, Star Trek Online on the uh, podcast on the Skype chat last week, and thanks again for everyone. That was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, everyone seemed to have a good time. It... Um, it looks like uh, Star Trek Online has sort of an unlimited uh, free trial going on. What that means is the unlimited part from what I can read and find out here is that uh, you can continue to play the trial for kind of as long as you want. But there is a limitation. You can only advance so far and play only a select sort of group of missions, basically. So I guess it gives you the ability to play in the game, create different characters, play different ways... Although, since you can't advance very far, I'm not sure how much those, you know, different classes of characters would come into play uh, in an early part of the game like that. But it's kind of cool that they're keeping it unlimited. It's like a, basically a, a, a trial version, but you can play it as long as you want, the trial version, that is. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's obvious that the Cryptic is trying to continue to, uh, you know, add players. There's a big, I'm sur- sure, um, excuse me, there's a big surge, I'm sure, of new uh, players when a, first, when a game first comes out, especially an MMO. And then as time goes on, it kind of dwindles off. And, you know, this is probably a good way for them to try to add new new people. And another way that uh, MMOs and people uh, that work on those do this is they, you know, create expansion packs and extra content and things. So uh, it's definitely for a Trek fan and even just an MMO gaming fan, I think it's worth a, worth a look. So check it out. I also wanted to mention a, a book. I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but there is a, um, it's something called uh, the Haynes Manual to the USS Enterprise. Uh, it covers the uh, NX-01 version of the Enterprise up through the uh, E version. Uh, this is, it looks like an awesome book with some cool illustrations of uh, various Enterprise versions. Also some other material in there is there's sort of, what, what they do is uh, do these drawings, sort of an exploded view of different equipment. They have a communicator, the Galileo, uh, a tricorder. Most of it looks like some of the original series stuff. Uh, but uh, then there's other, uh, other stuff from other series as well later on through like TNG, like I said. Uh, anyway, and I'm sorry if – how many times have I said anyway today? It's like my favorite word. It's like my favorite word, totally favorite <laughs> I didn't sleep that great last night, let me just say. It's a little noisier around here than my old place, and i got, I got to get used to that, especially with the windows open. Um, but this is going to be available on Amazon, or is available on Amazon for pre-order right now. The book won't come out until officially on September the 2nd. I will try to put a link in the podcast notes. But if you just go to, over to Amazon and search USS Enterprise Manual or Haynes Enterprise Manual, H-A-Y-N-E-S, you'll be able to find it. It, it really looks good, and it's not very much. I think it's less than $20. It's 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 a must-buy, in my opinion, for any Trek fan. It, it, it's a great uh, little guidebook, and, and it looks like a lot of fun to look through. <laughs> No, I don't think he likes you at all. No, I don't like you either. (laughs) I love that. That is so great. That's good writing. Yes, because it's not much dialogue. And because George Lucas didn't write all the (coughs) dialogue. I'm Jen. 
And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Branching off a little bit from Trek, um, lots of um, seasons on TV are kind of ending up or ending, ending up. Ending this um, week, we have, of course, the big lost finale after this is their sixth season, right? So this is uh, after six long years, we're going to finally learn tonight all about the whole Dharma initiative and those numbers and the smoke monster more, learn more about him and and just... um, I've really enjoyed Lost. There was a little bit of a, about the middle run of it that I started to get a little frustrated, but then it really cooked and and started to heat up, Um, especially the last couple of seasons, I think, have been really great. I I love the cast. I love the style of the show. I love that it, that it doesn't tell you everything each week, that it's, it, it's just different. And, and you, you guys know that I like different and different types of TV and that, so... I'll be sitting here. It's on at seven o'clock tonight, six central. So at six o'clock for two and a half hours, I'm gonna. I've, I've obviously, as you're getting this podcast, I got my internet and, and uh, TV and everything all hooked up already in the new place. So I'm all set there. So I'm gonna be relaxing in the nice, warm second floor here, but watching Lost and maybe with the lights down and uh, enjoying how uh, JJ and his crew and everyone that's worked on this show kind of conclude the whole thing. I, I do predict that we're certainly not going to learn and know everything. I think I just bumped the mic. I don't think it picked it up, though. So I don't think we're going to learn everything, though, about Lost. I think there's going to be a, a fair amount of things unanswered, unanswered, but I think overall we'll feel satisfied at the end. At least this is just my kind of prediction. I think I think these guys know how to, to write, who work on this show. They, they, you know, the writers, uh, a couple of them worked on that Star Trek movie from last year, and they're working on the next one now. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to watching how it all uh, finishes out. I was uh, one last uh, TV story, and I think we're think, uh, then going to get into Empire uh, discussion, but because I've got a lot of clips from you guys that is, people sent in audio, and I got little things I'd like to talk about, obviously, too. But. Um, the the one thing I wanted to mention is this TV show Legend of the Seeker. I think I've got one the the king the final episode to watch, but I was I, I've loved this show the last two seasons it's been on. It, it, you know, there's very little you know what I would consider fantasy television on the air. There really isn't any other show that I can think of right now. Uh, you know, sci-fi things, sort of weird stuff like Fringe, and you know, not that those are though. I mean, those are enjoyable shows. I like them, but. Uh, kind of a fantasy show with magic and sword play and all that. And, and Legend of the Seeker, if you've not seen this, please please give it a watch and, and give it a look. Uh, it, it's I think you can see it all on Netflix, pretty much. Unfortunately, this second season is its last season, you know, ratings, how all that stuff goes. But it's 
really just a beautiful show to watch. You know, just visually, they film it, film it uh, in New Zealand. The cast is fun to watch. It's just, uh, I don't know what I can, else I can say. I'm kind of, I'm a little almost holding off and watching the last episode because I, I, after I watch that, it'll be over. But uh, I just uh, wanted to, you know, give a little bit of plug for it. I know a lot of times people, when, it, when they hear a show is ending, they figure, why bother? But I still think it's worth picking up and watching, and, and especially these days where you can watch a lot of stuff streaming, you know, for a very low rate over at Netflix or on Hulu it plays as well. So check out Legend of the Seeker. You won't be disappointed. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess, destroyed the Death Star, but their story didn't end there. Now, the creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca, and introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds. A galactic odyssey against oppression. Big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. The Empire Strikes Back. This movie, first released in 1980, actually on May 21st, 1980, only cost, it it had a budget amazingly of only $18 million. It has grossed uh, well over half a billion now to to date and is by far my favorite of the Star Wars trilogy. And since its its 30th uh, anniversary just happened a couple of days ago, I thought it was appropriate, even though I have done a podcast before, uh, it's been quite a while, I think, though, that I covered The Empire Strikes Back on a podcast where I just sort of talked about the movie, played clips, kind of reviewed it in a way, and, and did other things. But it's been a while, and, and I, you know, this is probably, if not the most favorite movie of mine of all time, probably in the top three. I think this one, maybe The Wizard of Oz, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, one or two others are all up there as, as just 
you know, the, the usual uh, <laughs> question people will tell you or ask you, hey, you're stranded on a desert island. What It used to be what videotapes you want with you, what videos. Now it would be, you know, uh, it might not even be what DVDs. It would be like what digital, you know, do you have one on your laptop, your laptop that's solar powered because basically, you know, you're on this desert island, there's no power. And I'm really tangenting off. But this would be at the top of my list just about of movies I would like to have with me that I never get tired of watching. Now, I can remember when I first saw this uh, movie back in 1980. Yes, I'm an old guy. What can I say? Not that old. As, as Indy would say, it's not the years, it's the mileage. But uh, And boy, it, uh, am I getting a lot of mileage these days on cars and planes and who knows what. Anyway, yes, this movie came out at the end of uh, 1980. Actually, this movie, I believe, I'm trying to recall exactly, I think this is the case, though. This movie is actually the first film, and it wasn't the first date, but Lynn and I, this is the first movie, I believe, that we saw together in, uh, well, any at any point in time, I think. I think that's the case. Uh, and she never listens to this podcast, really, so she will, there's no reason that she can debate me, or there's no one that's going to correct me on that, I don't think, so... Uh, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I remember this movie so fondly. Isn't that nice? Rico, you're so sweet. Uh, oh boy, am I tired today. I'm getting a little loopy. So let's stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. No, that was Star Wars. Sorry, Star Wars. Uh, what else did I want to say at the beginning? And then we're going to start playing a few little clips and things. Uh, you know, in a nutshell, this movie, you know, being the second part of a three-part trilogy that George Lucas was creating at this point in time, you know, there was talk of six movies, of nine movies, but this middle trilogy was was the, the biggie at the time. And so he, he, he took really a lot of risks for this movie. Star Wars had made such a huge amount of money, he, he was able to finance this basically out of his pocket, so he had really full control over the, over the movie and what he wanted to do. And they did... A lot of risky things, you know. For one, the biggest one to me was that the movie ends really not very happily, you know, not anywhere like Star Wars ended. You know, people would run into Empire Strikes Back and and they would say, you know, oh gosh, uh, it's another Star Wars movie. Boy, that was a lot of fun. Eat a lot of popcorn, have a good time, wa- walk out of the movie all like up. You know, the Rebels just blew up the Death Star and all that, and you're, you're happy, happy, happy. Well, Empire, I, I can still recall again the first time I saw it at the very end of like, oh my God, you know, it was like just my jaws on the ground. Uh, the other thing about this movie when I first saw it, I believe I was, uh, I had a really bad nasty cold and we had to go to a very late showing. Um, actually, I saw this movie uh, a night or two before I saw it with Lynn. She wasn't uh, in town when uh, I saw it in the movie theater. So I saw it like opening day and we saw it like that that weekend or something later. But anyway, the first night, though, I was I was not feeling very well. And we had to go to a very late show to see it. It was like almost an 11 p.m. show, which I'd hardly ever do that, not by choice. But this movie I had to see. So not only am I like not feeling, you know, I'm a little lightheaded, cold medicine. But by the time I get out of the movie, it's like one in the morning. And, and my head is just spinning. You know, we had to wait three years for this movie and now all of these things are revealed. It ends on such a downer. Han is in carbonite taken away. Luke's hand, you know, one of his hands is chopped off. You know, the whole Darth Vader, I am your father thing. Uh, which uh, for years, or well, until the final, you know, the final movie, I thought Darth Vader was conning him. I thought I just couldn't buy it. I just was like so convinced 
that no, no, he's just trying to lure him to the dark side. He's trying to trick Luke. That can't be the case. He can't be. I basically screamed just like Luke does. You know, no, you. That's impossible. You know, I'm just like, there's just no way you're my father. I mean, that's not what Obi Wan told me. You know, I was just exactly feeling like Luke at that. You know, after the movie and after all the times I saw it, even that summer. It was just like, there's just no way. It's like, come on. And everyone's saying, no, no, that's that's it. That's a, that's the big revelation, and that's true. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I was I was just, it wasn't that I was even upset that he would be. It was just, it just just seemed bizarre and, and different and wrong in so many ways. But again, that's what makes this movie great, especially, you know, when the first time you, you've seen it or you saw it, uh, it, it, it just, it just does all these new and amazing things that movies just don't do so much anymore. And and I think that's kind of sad in a way. You know, movies are kind of, they're predictable. They're they're ordinary, although they, there are still directors and still, you know, movie makers out there that are trying to push things and, and, and alter things. I think, frankly, J.J. Abrams is one of those people. And, and that's why I was such a big, you know, proponent when he, and so happy when he was, uh, you know, given the, the Star Trek franchise to work on in the movie that he did and you know it's just I, I think there are some directors and people working in movies that will take chances and be visionaries like George Lucas was at this time and, and again that is what makes Empire so amazingly just awesome so uh, with that let's play a little clip and, and I'm going to play sprinkle things in both uh, from listeners and from different things from the Empire Strikes Back like trailers and some interviews with some of the people at the time when it was released. So here we go. Here's the first clip. All over the country, even the world, people are going to be lining up under this marquee. Hi, I'm Judy Barton, and this Star Wars sequel, second in a series of nine, count him nine movies about the intergalactic struggle between good and evil, is guaranteed to please. Look for all the old familiar faces, plus some new ones. Expect to discover some more depth to their characterization and some in their relationships. A magnificent hobbit-type character named Yoda, created by the Muppets Frank Oz, will capture your heart and your imagination as he endeavors to train Luke Skywalker to master his extraordinary powers against the omnipresent symbol of universal evil, Darth Vader. My stomach lurched as the camera hurtled through space, twirling, whirling, thrusting, leaping. It was real. Now, though there's humor and some lighthearted moments, the basic emphasis of this movie is sobering, as Luke Skywalker has a devastating confrontation with Darth Vader, and Han Solo suffers a fate almost worse than death. Now, unlike Star Wars, where you left the theater feeling satisfied, Empire is a cliffhanger. You're going to leave feeling distinctly unsatisfied. Well, cheer up. You only have to wait two or three years to find out what happens in this classic outer space serial of the century. My 
specific ratings. The story is riveting. The acting is good. Who should you go with? Take the family and the kids. Is it worth it? Don't miss it. May the force be with you. Yeah, that is uh, with a woman a movie reviewer, I think from uh, around the time when Empire was released. It, uh, it It's pretty cool. And, it, you know, even though this is only 30 years ago, it doesn't seem that long to me. And, you know, I remember that time. And and uh, it's also funny to see the different clothing and hairstyles from people, you know, back in that era. Again, you don't really think you look weird or that you're hair is funny or that you you dress in strange clothes when you're living in the time but years later i guess it's uh, uh i don't know it's it, it's bizarre sometimes to look back and say boy did we really look like that no i know i used to have you know my hair tended to be a lot longer back in those days it was never like really long you know like shoulder length type hair you know it's just longer than i keep it these days i guess but uh Anyway, so uh, it's an interesting clip. It's just, it was, the movie, I think, opened pretty well. I think even the critics, uh, most of the people, even though, again, being the middle movie, not a happy movie, people really embraced it. It, 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 did, it did well, and it went on to be re-released many times. And it's, it's still, of course, you know, very popular to this day. And it's just it's just a great film to watch, and it's so rich, and I love the way it's filmed. Irvin Kirshner, gosh, you know, again, George Lucas, just so smart back then. I don't know what happened to him <laughs> later. I mean, he just, he should have got different directors, and I'm not going to get into the whole prequel thing. There, there's some good and bad with him, but I, I just think the his you know, when he grabbed other directors to do these movies, I think it was just the smart move. It allowed him to focus in other areas and work on the story and, and, and that, even though he had quite a bit of help on the story in this movie. But um, not really so much the story, I should say the script is the better way to put it. Uh, but, you know, selecting Irvin Kirshner, I think, brought so much more out of the performances and the characters and the actors for this movie that it, uh, it it just added such a rich uh, richness to the, to the film that even I think the first Star Wars movie doesn't quite have. And, of course, it's the first movie. You don't get the depth of character there, I think, that you do no, nowhere near that you do in Empire. And, of course, there's it's it's a fairly just a big action piece. And it's a great movie. I love the first Star Wars movie. Don't get me wrong. I, I saw it, like, probably, I don't know, 20 times that summer when it first came out. But this one, though, just takes things so much more, you know, further and deeper and, and more, you know, it, it really makes you believe in the universe that, that all these characters inhabit and uh, just feel for them. And, you know, when they're going through all these struggles in the second movie, you're there rooting for them and, and, and you know, happy and all the highs and the lows and everything that's going on. You just you're just there. And uh, and I think it's it's a great movie going experience. Hey Rico, this is Kenny from California. It's been a while since I sent in any comments. It's been kind of crazy in my life. But I had to send in comments for Empire Strikes Back special just because it is my favorite of the first trilogy. It's one of the most vivid memories I have of my childhood. Uh, it came out in 80 and uh, I was 9, just about to turn 10 during that time. And it was the first time that we went to what we called a walk-in, because before then we did nothing but drive-in movie theaters. 
So I was really excited because this was our first walk-in theater. I remember going with my aunt and uncle and my little brother, mother, and father. And there was a huge line just to get tickets. But then my dad had the, the great idea of finding out where the line was going to be to line up to get into the theater. So he sent uh, my mom, my aunt, and my little brother over to that line. And they were actually first in line to uh, get into the theater, even though we had to buy tickets first and then go to that line. I do remember the theater. It was domed shape. It had, uh, it was like a, like kind of like a stadium theater. And for way back then, that was unusual. These were very unusual theaters. The whole experience was just, it's hard to explain. It's just like when, when the first Star Wars movie came out, I was roughly around six to seven years old. And I have the vivid memory of Darth Vader walking through those blast doors at the very beginning and his presence and the feeling it gave me and just being in awe through the entire movie. And then to come back to this world that I never thought we would, you know, because as a kid, I didn't stay up on all this uh, entertainment news. So I had no idea they were making another sequel to this awesome movie that I had saw years ago. And it was so epic. Uh, even today, I can still watch that particular episode of the series. And I'm just blown away by how awesome it is. It's difficult to put into words how I felt when watching it it was just something that you know as i said previously on my other statements about star wars is that the the whole star wars universe shaped who i am today as a geek it was and always will be my first love in sci-fi fantasy and i don't think anything would ever change that Uh, empire strikes back star wars and return of the jedi are in my top 10 list of my most favorite movies of all time I don't think anything today has that same impact. You know, so so much in, in movie making has happened, but Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi were kind of the forefathers of all these really cool big blockbuster special effects movies. And nothing will compare to the first time that I saw The Empire Strikes Back. It's really weird that Empire seems to be the, the least money-making, but it seems to always be the most popular of the original trilogy. So I don't know how that works. Anyways, Rico, I'm just babbling now, so I'm going to say goodbye. I want to thank you for your wonderful podcast and for doing a review on one of my all-time favorite movies, The Empire Strikes Back. So uh, take care. Thanks very much, Kenny. Always great to hear from Kenny in California. I know he's a busy guy, and but it's good to hear from you again, and your comments about Empire were just perfect and, and, and so fitting. You know, I, I, I'm so glad you had time to, to send something in for this because I know how much you love Star Wars and Empire. It's it's it, it was funny when you mentioned about the whole like walk in the first time you actually saw a movie in a regular type theater rather than a drive in. And uh, yeah, I remember going to the drive in a lot when I was a kid too. It, it, even in Michigan, the one of the reasons was it was cheaper. You know, you could get your whole family basically in. You know, they they were charging you like per car to get in ah the days the good old days of drive-ins and stuff not very many of those around anymore but uh and and, you know now you go to a movie theater and it's like okay you know how much you know do i have to write you a check and use a charge card to get in and buy popcorn oh well we won't go into that but uh thanks so much for your comments and uh it was great to hear from you and and hear you comment about empire it's uh, it is a fantastic movie and just so much fun And, and you were right about you know, the movies these days just, I, I don't know if in 10, 20, 30 years more, 
I'll feel, you know, have this kind of nostalgia for uh, these films. And I, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I was a little older than you when I saw it for the first time. I was in high school. Um, sorry, not in high school, college. I've already said that. Okay, duh. Well, early college, let's say. <laughs> anyway, the but I but I think a lot of it is a childhood situation. I re, I, I really do, and, and I'm still kind of a big kid anyway. But I I think those you know even up to about age twenty ish or even into you know early twenties, things that happen up until that point, I think you just have somewhat nostalgia and fonder memories for, especially as you get a little older. But I I do feel films have changed, and I feel that there are less you know, new and innovative things happening as maybe there used to be in that sort of ragtag kind of shoot-from-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of era when Empire came out and, and, and other movies in that time frame, especially in the 80s. Just a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of really fun movies in, in that era. So, uh, again, thanks so much, Kenny. Uh, great to hear from you about Empire. Mark Hamill is back as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford is back as Han Solo, and needless to say, Darth Vader is back waging uh, more Star Wars against the rebels of long, long ago. When we last saw Luke and Han, what were they up to, and now where do we find them again? Well, the... the uh... <laughs> <laughs> Here we are on the Today program, but where were we, when Star Wars ended, there was a, it was the conclusion of one of the, one of us, a significant battle of the rebels. And it ended in triumph. And it ended in triumph. And uh, we begin the second one with yet another conflict with the Empire. You but the story is really not so much about those conflicts in the second one as it is about the characters. There's more complication of the characters in the second picture. Like in 1976, I signed a contract for three films, and those three films would tell the complete story. So what we have in The Empire Strikes Back is a second act, and all the problems in the second act, that is you can forward the storyline, but you really can't solve all of the loose ends, so to speak. So what was the talk, um, I can remember three years ago with Star Wars when we were anticipating more and more films to come, of not a sequel, but a prequel, or... It gets real confusing after a while, isn't it? One, but basically, this is the second of three films mm -hmm. that tell one story, and they were originally called The Adventures of Luke Skywalker, and uh, it just was too big to get on the marquee. It just so happens that the next trilogy after the next film will go 20 years earlier and tell of the young Alec Guinness character and how Darth Vader came to power, and then we wouldn't be involved in those because our characters were just... So this is it for you guys. Uh, the third one. The third one. The third one will be. Which yeah. we haven't made yet. All right. Well, good. And that's not until 1980. We started the mid in the middle of 1981 to make it. I get ahead of myself. The Empire Strikes Back is only out next week, and there are some old faces, of course, uh, Luke and and Princess Leia and Han and so and C-3PO and R2-D2, and some new faces, too. Yes. Billy Dee Williams is in this movie. We've got another clip. I want to show you as much of the movie as we can get away with without charging you $5 a crack. <laughs> so take a look at this. Yeah, that is actually uh, Jane Pauley. I don't know if I've ever played that. It seemed that clip seemed familiar. I'm sorry if I've played that before, maybe when I covered Empire, but that is Jane Pauley from the Today Show, a very young Jane Pauley, talking to uh, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford about Empire Strikes Back. She, you know... <laughs> Jane Pauley, especially when she was that early and young, she's not a very good interviewer. And I don't think she knew Empire very well, even though I'm sure 
she must have been able to pre-screen and see the movie. But it, and there's more to I think that interview than I than I played for you. Uh, although I don't know, maybe it kind of ended then. I'm not sure, but. Uh, suffice it to say, it's not the best interview, but it's just kind of cool to see that. And most of the clips that that I'm playing today, you can find over on YouTube and uh, you know YouTube and other places online. Especially with a with a huge movie like Empire, pretty easy to find. Uh, whenever you just you know hop over to Google or YouTube and look for them, and you'll be able to see it. So uh, or find them, see it. Yeah, see it works too. So <laughs> hey, let's have another listener comment. Hey Rico, it's Brian. 30 years since the release of Empire Strikes Back. Wow. I was eight, going on nine, when uh, Star Wars came out. I saw it in the theaters uh, numerous times. I think I saw it like eight times on its first release. Um, didn't see it opening day. Wasn't as aware of it as, a, as this, this, fam- this movie coming out and uh, wasn't aware of all the hype. After I saw it, was completely in- enthralled by it, completely in love with it. Um, during the interceding years, I bought all the Kenner toys, the figures, um, uh, the, the vehicles. I loved my X-Wing and TIE Fighter. And uh, I, read, I read the book and read the comic books. And one of the things I read, obviously, was uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the Alan Dean Foster novel. And I really love Splinter of the Mind's Eye because it was, it was like, it, here's what happens when Star Wars sort of continues. And I really liked the fact that Luke and Leia hook up or are sort of a couple, an item, and that they're sort of in love. Because I really thought, as a young kid, that that Luke and the princess would get together. You know, Han to me wasn't quite as cool when I was eight, but when Empire came out when I was 11, he'd gotten a lot cooler. And I have to admit though, I was a little disappointed that Luke and Leia weren't gonna be together after I saw some of the initial like promotional stuff and photographs. I spoiled the crap out of myself for Empire Strikes Back. I bought the storybook before it came out. I bought the novel. I, I, absor- I just read everything. And so I knew that Luke was Darth Vader's father. Spoiler alert. Um, you know, I just, I knew everything was going to happen. And I knew that Han and Leia were going to fall in love and have this, this, this relationship. So, you know, going into it, I knew all that, but it didn't matter. I, I, we were there lining up for opening day early in the afternoon in Stanford, Connecticut. And it was just, it was just awesome. I just was sat there and I think I can't even say how many times we went back to see it. It was just such a phenomenon. It was the first movie that I could get excited for, that I was sort of aware of. And I was just so focused on going to see this movie. Didn't have that with Star Trek, the motion picture, even though I really enjoyed Star Trek, the motion picture. But my, you know, my, and I was a Star Trek fan. It just didn't have the same feel. But the anticipation for Empire Strikes Back was really, really something I'll always remember. And it was very, very special. And uh, had a lot of great memories of the movie itself. And, and then everything that came afterwards and all the marketing and all of the toys. And that's when Star Wars really, really hit its stride. So looking forward, as always, to hear your review. I'm sure you're going to do this film great justice. And uh, may the Force be with you, my man. Talk to you later. Well, thanks very much from our uh, buddy Brian there uh, out in Arizona. It's always great to hear from you. Always give us some fun and energetic comments. And and I know Empire and Star Wars are are near and dear to your heart as well, just like Kenny and and myself. It's... uh, and I, and I love the fact that you guys have given us some info on, you know, when you first saw it and your impressions. And I think I remember that you mentioned that before at one point, Brian, about the uh, that you knew pretty much the story before you went in. I, I'm a very I, I, I try to avoid that stuff for the most part with movies and Empire there. You know, with Star Wars these days, it's it's 
so hard to avoid, you know, knowing things and information. You know, we have that whole little thing called the internet, and, and it's it, it's really hard to avoid stuff. But you had to to work a little bit to know things. I remember a friend of mine that I knew in college, uh, Steve Goldstein, I think is his name. Steve, you out there still listening? I <laughs> uh, lost touch with him. He's a good guy. But anyway, Steve, uh, he had learned about Yoda, and I think even had a photograph from something, a magazine or whatever, in his little apartment at college at Michigan State. And uh, I, I remember I was I was just like Steve I don't I don't want to know I don't want to know don't tell me you know uh, you know and he's like oh there's this little Muppet in the movie I don't want to know don't tell me we've only got a little longer to go you know it's been three whole years I can wait another few days uh, but and, and you know it's it, it's just me everyone has their personal view on that some people don't really care one way or either way about spoiler things. Uh, some like me try to avoid them as much as possible. I don't mind seeing trailers and that because it gets me a little excited about it. Um, but I don't believe that in any of the early trailers before Empire came out that they actually show you Yoda, for example. And they certainly never revealed in trailers. And even I, I noticed looking up uh, stuff for today's podcast, uh, even trailers to this day, uh, like when they did the re-releases and the special edition and all that, they they really keep that whole Darth, you know, being Luke's father, because I think they believe there's still people out there that have not learned that or heard about that, and they try to keep that, you know, away from that, uh, you know, people uh, learning it. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. But uh, what I was trying to get at is is that, you know, in the Empire days, when that came out, there, there were a few things out. You know, the novelizations, movie novelizations have always, just about always seemed to proceed when the movie comes out by at least a few weeks, a month, something like that. So you could typically read a book before you could, um, you know, before the movie would be out and you could see it. Sometimes, of course, these days, books based on movies could be years old. And, and, you know, like the Harry Potter ones, although they're not really that old or much older. But, you know, of course, Lord of the Rings, so you know, use that as an example. Those books have been around forever. So, um, you know, when the movies finally come out of those, it's kind of a little different situation. But Empire, not a whole lot out prior to its release. So uh, I'm, I'm still impressed that you learned as much as you did, Brian. And uh, and I don't remember that photo book. I guess that was out already before it came out. And uh, But sure, the merchandising really did not, even for Star Wars, you know, they were way behind. Merchandising these days is like crazy. But back in the days of the first Star Wars movie, Back in the day, you know, uh, and, and then even Empire, they were a little more prepared with Empire. I remember the other thing I did, um, and some of this I, I hope I'm not going over old ground from the last time when I really dug into and, and reviewed Empire Strikes Back, but I remember running around that summer buying the Burger King glasses. You know, they had these promotional, uh, very nice glasses made out of real glass, not plastic, that were embossed with different scenes. There were four of them, and I've still got them uh, in a box in, in the house in Michigan somewhere. But they uh, they had these Burger King glass. You know, you go in, you get a Whopper meal or whatever of some kind of meal, and then you get a glass. I think the glass cost an extra dollar or dollar fifty or something like that. And they were very nice and very cool. And I was very happy because I could drive then, and, and each week I think what it was is either every week or every two weeks they were releasing uh, a new glass and I would run over to the Burger King and get it and I think a couple times they only had the other one and I was like no no I need the new one I need the new glass you know give it to me give it to me now I want you to give me you know you must give me the glass now I, w I will give you the glass now yes you will give me the glass now so 
<laughs> anyway, let's play another clip. I'm sure I don't have to tell you about the Empire striking back in the movie sequel to the incredibly successful Star Wars film of three years ago. I was just in New York for the press preview of Empire and interviews with the stars. Now, Star Wars, of course, is the most successful movie in history, already now grossing more than $400 million. And now already, after only three days in the theaters across the country, Empire Strikes Back has already made back what it cost to make. Here are some scenes from Empire, and here we see the evil Empire attacking the good guys with their futuristic Trojan horses. Yeah, it's just another critic uh, talking about the movie. Uh, some of the critics actually at the time uh, had a little trouble with it. Uh, guy, I'm looking on the Wikipedia entry for Empire Strikes Back right now. There's a guy named Vincent Canby of the New York Times. From the New York Times even gave it a largely negative review. Uh, Judith Martin of the Washington Post complained of the film's middle-of-the-story plot, which featured no particular beginning or end. Well, duh actually, but George Lucas, that's what he wanted. Uh, let's see, Bob Stevens at the San Francisco Examiner described the film as the greatest episode of the Star Wars trilogy, so he liked it. Empire is now considered the most morally and emotionally complex of the Star Wars trilogy. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, at the 1981 Academy Awards, Empire Strikes Back won for Best Sound and got an Academy Special Achievement Award for the special effects, the visual effects for the movie. It's also nominated for Best Music Original Score by John Williams uh, and nominated for Best Art Direction, Set Direction. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Film, Best Sound, Best Production Design at the Grammy Awards as well. Uh, it was awarded the Best Science Fiction Film for the year. Uh, Hugo Award for Best Dramatic presentation for that year so it's 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 a very good example of a movie that uh, it went beyond its predecessor and didn't go in the you know in many times the sequel sequels tend to be not quite as fun or as good or nice to watch or as, let's just say they're they're usually not as good as the original you lose a lot of the spark and the originality but George really had created such a rich universe uh, and, and had so much more to say. Uh, you could see that he, you know, he had this sort of plan in mind anyway, to a degree, that there was much more he could do with the second movie, unlike where some sequels just tend to be like they had no idea, there was no really story involved, and they just try to kind of give you more of the same. And, and you know, it's it, it, the freshness isn't quite there. I kind of felt that way a little bit with the recent Iron Man 2. Now, I, I still enjoyed the movie. And uh, but it, the freshness of the first movie, I don't think, was was there. And the other thing that I was hoping that they had gone into, and they do a little, and I'm not going to say spin off into Iron Man talk too much, but I wanted it to learn and, and get a little bit deeper into the characters. They try to do that a little bit with Tony Stark in Iron Man Two, but not as much as I think they could have. And, and he's a fairly interesting and, and very um, intelligent and, and very actually troubled individual in the comics and, and i and i think they could have used that a little bit more in the movie and they do it a little in iron man too but they they almost play it a little bit for laughs too much i think so but that's just you know my little example of it, it certainly there have been sequels for movies that have been you know terrible iron man 2 is still is still a fun movie i think but uh it's just there there's so much more you can really do i think with with a sequel it's like hey you know give people something new and different to think about so Let's play, I think I'll play another listener uh, comment now. 
Hi Rico, this is Pete from Philadelphia, also known as Brompton Boy on the Treks and Sci-Fi Forum. I wanted to give you just a brief comment for your Empire Strikes Back podcast, which you'll be doing this weekend. I'm looking forward to hearing it. My voice is back now from my disastrous attempt to join your Skype cast from last week. Laryngitis has just about completely faded away. Uh, I'm of an age where I was actually able to see this in the theater when it first came out. And I remember my eyebrow went up when I saw the episode numbering. Uh, I was pleased because I thought that then he would would circle back and do the earlier episodes. But, uh, you know, I, I I was surprised like everybody else. And one of my overwhelming impressions about this movie, and uh, I guess all of them, was uh, how tough it would be to work in the Imperial Navy. <laughs> that's, they must have a great dental plan or retirement plan, because that, that's some tough duty when you could be killed at the whim of one of your superior officers at any moment if uh, you should drop the ball on a particular task that he's asked you to, to carry out. The senior staff officers were just uh, falling like leaves from a tree. That's, uh, that is one tough job. But at least a few of them were up to the task. I don't remember the one general's name, but I always remember having a, uh, a favorable impression of the one general who landed on the ice planet Hathi. This is the imperial general who then was in one of those massive walkers, and he managed to take out the generator for the shield and to open it up for imperial invasion. I remember how supremely confident and arrogant he looked, and I thought, that guy's like a a perfect uh, imperial officer. Uh, One other impression that I have, and then I'm going to stop, I don't want to go on too long here, is uh, when Luke goes to the Dagobah system, and he lands on the swamp world there, and he first meets Yoda, uh, again, being of a certain age, I watched Sesame Street when I was a kid, and I thought Yoda was... I closed my eyes, and I could hear the voice of Grover from uh, from Sesame Street. I, I don't know if... I'm sure everybody else picked that up as well. Well, that's all I have to say today, Rico. Not a lot. I don't have a lot of time. But uh, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Uh, keep up the good work. I'm enjoying listening to your cast every week. And I'll see everybody on the forums. And remember, there is no sanctuary. Thanks very much, Peter. Glad you're feeling better. and Your voice sounded a lot better this week than last week on the Skype show. And uh, thanks so much for sending in a comment about Empire and your impressions and thoughts on that. You're right. It would be tough to be in the Imperial Navy there or whatever. And and just, yeah, it's like, you know, don't work for Vader. He's a nasty boss. (laughs) Make sure you bring him something nice on on Boss's Day or whatever, right? So, uh, but I think it was Veers. I think it was Veers was the guy down on on Hoth. I think I believe so. Uh, and then your your comment about Yoda and, and the voice. I was not really that much into to the Muppets in that. Uh, you know, I I got into it a little bit watching it later because. Th- the, the Muppet Show tended to start to have, like, a lot of uh, guest stars. I remember the one where they actually, not too long, I think, after Empire Strikes Back came out, Mark Hamill appeared on, on The Muppet Show with, uh, you know, in his, like, Empire outfit. And I think he was almost listed as, like, 
either whether he was referred to a lot during the show as Luke himself, you know, as the, the character, or as Mark Hamill. And uh, I remember Miss Piggy just kind of had a thing for him. And uh, uh, it, it uh, which, which, oh, that goes back to, to uh, I forgot to comment a little bit about what Brian said earlier about uh, the whole Luke, Luke Leia versus Han Leia relationship. I don't know really how I felt about that. I think I was a little bit older than you guys. You know, and they're seeing the movie with with uh, with Lynn and, and and felt a little more like, uh, even though when I think when I first saw the first Star Wars film, I identified a little bit more with a Luke the Luke character. As I got a little older, a little cockier, a little you know, uh, you know, especially late high school and early college, you know, I I think I started to definitely feel more like of a Han Solo type guy. So, so when he got the princess, I think I was pretty uh, pretty happy about that and. Uh, I even, uh, well, I don't know if I should admit this <laughs> on the podcast, but uh, I used to sometimes refer to Lynn as your highness or something. So let's just put it, leave it at that. So, okay, move on. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to cover? I got uh, several more clips to play, and I'm also juggling doing laundry here this morning too. So you know what? I'm going to go change a load of laundry, but while I do that, through the magic of podcasting, I'm going to play another clip for you. So listen to this, and I will be right back. What is my bidding, my master? We have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker. He will join us or die, Asteroids do not concern me. I want that ship. It is you and your abilities the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. that load uh, of laundry switch so that it was uh, just a little fan trailer uh, version for empire that i found over on uh, youtube i thought that was pretty well done you know a lot of times when i play clips especially for something like star wars a lot of it's more visual music and, and maybe not as much dialogue but uh, that one I, I was pretty impressed with i think it was an entry for some contest for something i'm not sure what Oh, and speaking of that, I have to announce, so we're going to take a little, just a tiny little break here on the podcast this week about Empire, 
And I'm going to announce uh, Jedi Jeff, uh, who did the excellent podcast from a few weeks ago about the Time Tunnel, had a contest that he ran during that show, and the uh, prize was a DVD copy of that uh, very cool uh, fan film uh, that uh, was done, documentary-type, uh, called Peg Warmers, that I interviewed uh, the guy that worked on that, uh, who's a friend of Jeff's a while back. Anyway, so the winners, the Jeff decided that there were three people that entered, and all of them are going to be winners. He didn't feel like just doing a drawing and having one win. So you're all three of the entry people that uh, entered uh, Jeff's contest are going to get a copy of the Peg Warmers DVD. I don't know if you all have already given uh, Jeff your addresses, but uh, the winners were, or in the question, let me give, give you the whole thing. The question was, what Star Trek series did James Darren have a recurring role as Vic Fontaine? Of course, the answer, pretty simple, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Any Trek fan should know that. Uh, the winning uh, people that entered, Michael uh, No, uh, Paul Evans, and Simon Meddings, Meds from the forum. So you guys are all going to get a copy of Peg Warmers from Jedi Jeff. Very nice. Thank you very much for doing that, Jeff. All right. Now, back to the podcast, or to your regular ske- regularly scheduled podcast. Oh, I'll get through this today. It's such a great, rich subject to talk about Empire with with everyone. Gosh, you know, it's uh, I should make it an annual event almost. And uh, although I feel like I would go over old ground, like I'm feeling like that today a little, which is why I'm so glad that you guys uh, all sent in, or not all, but uh, that we had quite a few comments sent in from uh, listeners for this uh, particular podcast. That's really great. Really appreciate it. I'm holding yours, Rick Moyer, till the end, of course, because he's got a song for us. So I like to keep that more towards the end of the show. Uh, what else did I want to comment, though? Uh, I've got a few other things uh, that I want to say, and there's a couple of longer clips that I still want to play. Uh, let's do that first, I believe. This is this is with uh, uh, a little bit longer clip. This is with Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, of course, those classic great movie reviewers. Gene Siskel has passed away several years ago, but uh, this is their review and commentary on The Empire Strikes Back that I found on YouTube. But I, I was looking for something older, maybe when it first came out. I think they were doing their show around that time. I think it started around that time or so. I remember watching their review even. One of the first reviews I ever saw them do was for the first Alien movie, I think. Or was it for Aliens? But anyway, here is uh, their review of Empire, but this was uh, recorded around the time of the release of the special edition. So listen to uh, Siskel and Ebert talk about Empire. Uh, What are you doing? You're not actually going into an asteroid field. They'd be crazy to follow us, wouldn't they? Once again, the Millennium Falcon is pursued by the evil Imperial fleet in The Empire Strikes Back, the second installment of the restored Star Wars trilogy, and one of five movies we'll be reviewing this week on Siskel and Ebert. I'm Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Our first movie this week is The Empire Strikes Back, and this is the best of the three Star Wars films, the most mysterious, the most somber, the one where the story takes a dip from cheerful space opera down into the depths of its buried mythology. The look of the movie is richer than in the first film, maybe, or probably obviously, because this time they were making the sequel to the biggest box office hit of all time, and so they didn't have to worry as much about the cost of the special effects. Look at the famous presence of these elephant-like imperial walkers, which are surely the most impractical weapons of war ever created. Cable out, let her go! 
Detach cable. Cable detached. And look here at the Cloud City where Han Solo brings Princess Leia and the others for safety, he hopes. The look of the city has been enlarged upon and enhanced for this reissue. And here Billy D. Williams as Lando greets the rebel fighters. <laughs> How you doing, you old pirate? So good to see you. I never thought I'd get to see you again. Well, he seems very friendly. Yes. Very friendly. Of course, that was Harrison Ford as Han Solo and Carrie Fisher as the princess. The heart of this movie takes place on a forest planet where Luke Skywalker, played by Mark Hamill, is taught in the ways of the Jedi by a little creature named Yoda. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. More so than in the first movie, Empire is dominated by the towering, chilling presence of Darth Vader. You are beaten. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi-Wan did. If Empire reveals a weakness this time around, it's in the character of Chewbacca, whose mournful howls get a little tiresome after a while. The princess, you have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? There's no doubt about it, The Empire Strikes Back is one of the great visual achievements in the history of special effects and of the cinema. And not because of the skill of the special effects, because skill can be bought and paid for in Hollywood, but because of the imagination behind them. You can blow things up all day long in today's Hollywood and never give it a moment's thought, but to create these worlds in this film with their amazing creatures and their awe-inspiring sights, that takes a certain genius. And The Empire Strikes Back is rich and generous with its imagination. Well, Roger, let's credit the director of this film, Irvin Kirshner, mm -hmm. uh, who was an inspired choice. There was nothing, I don't think, in his career that would uh, lead anyone to believe that he could have made uh, an action picture. He had made a film, I think, called Loving before mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So that was, I don't know where Lucas came up with that. And then, yes, it is the best of them because it's a challenge to create the second part of the puzzle here. And the guts to make it an ending that doesn't wrap, uh, wrap up everything completely yes, right, yeah. wow is that exciting mm -hmm. could that be done today with the mentality out in hollywood i don't even know if lucas could get it by the nowadays. way this this series is grossing at the box office maybe somebody will be inspired to make more movies like this and of course well, lucas is going to make three more but you know I, I spoke about yoda how did they do that with a with, a, with an artificial creature. It's not just that he, he moves and talks and has right. eyes that open and close. It's that the face mirrors every emotion you could ask yeah. for from a, from a human actor. Well, it, it, I suppose it's the story situation that we understand it. That, mm -hmm. that, I mean, that it's, clear, it's been set up uh, mm -hmm. clearly enough. And again, the eyes. Literally, yes. the, technical, the technological work done on the eyes mm -hmm. makes Muppets and every other creature in the movies work. Yeah, it's great to see those guys again. You know, I used to love watching uh, them review movies. I, I, I love the, you know, sort of the camaraderie and also, you know, the, the fact that they always didn't, they didn't always agree. Uh, Roger Ebert especially seemed to to like the sci-fi fantasy type films more than Gene Siskel. Gene was, was more into the dramas typically and that kind of stuff, but he liked the sci-fi too occasionally. I, there was just, these guys were great and, and I, I usually watch their show each week and uh, sorry that they're not still together, you know, doing that show, you know, that they used to do all the time. Uh, it started out, actually, their show on PBS, and then it moved to a regular network. Uh, so, 
Let's go to another listener call, listener call, listener audio comment. I think I've got one for you right now. Hey Rico, this is Jeff Kavari. I just wanted to give my thoughts really quickly on The Empire Strikes Back. This is the first Star Wars movie that I remember seeing. My parents took me to a drive-in um, back in 1980 when it was released. I was born in 74, and so I did see the original Star Wars in theaters, but I was only two at the time, and my birthday's in October, so... I was very young and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> so Empire was the first one that I remember. And I remember it just it being such a magical experience and just the whole Yoda and Dagobah and Cloud City was just magical to me. And that's what started me on my lifelong love of Star Wars. This is by far my favorite movie out of the entire saga. And I still consider it to be my favorite movie of all time. So I have a lot of very fond memories of Empire Strikes Back. And I loved playing with the toys when I was younger. Um, used to get the action figures and the creatures and the vehicles. And I don't know, something about Empire is just so... I don't know, there's just something about Empire that is just great. I just love the mystery and the emotions that are conveyed in the movie. It's just a great film, and I never get tired of watching it, and I love it. So thanks for reviewing it, and we'll see you later. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, great to hear from you and your comments uh, about this movie that's your favorite. And it's just about mine, like I said earlier. You know, it, it, it's interesting in hearing all you guys comment about the movie, Brian, and, and, and just and, and Kenny and everyone, Peter, and you guys that have talked so far. And there's still a couple more, a few more to go. And, and one thing that's starting to become clear, and I've always kind of thought this too, is that there's... When you when you talk about Empire Strikes Back, and if somebody said to you like, "Well, wh well, why do you like it?" or, or "What's your favorite part?" or, or whatever, I don't know if I can really answer that. It, it's like you, you look at it almost as a whole, and it, it's just the whole thing. It's just so rich and so interesting to watch. And, and like like you said, Jeff, you know, I'll even if it's on like Spike TV or flipping channels or something on the TV, you know, I'll just stop and like have to watch it, even though I've seen this movie practically more than maybe any movie ever, uh, it's it's just, and I used to kind of have an, a little of a bit of an annual event. I used to watch it like every year on my birthday, which is in November, just for the heck of it, because I, I, I love this movie so much. It just was kind of a little treat, and I would try not to watch it too much, you know, during the year, and I would save it kind of for my birthday. I've kind of broken that little thing that I was doing for a while, but I haven't been doing it as much anymore, but uh, life changes, so... Uh, but again, it, it's there's just something about this movie that just I think really strikes a chord with people, 
and, and especially those that really like it a lot and, and, and enjoy it so much, just like most of the people I'm sure listening, it, it, it's a very hard to define quality. But it, it, you know, you can look at all oh, there's some new interesting characters and the and the depth that they go with the characterization and the script and the story and the new world you see, and you, you can go on all the details and talk about all that and how how well it's produced and looks amazing even to this day. And you know, especially when they enhance just. Not even when they made the special editions, which I saw in the theater, uh, when they with the added little bits in them, which was you know okay, whatever. That that didn't really do much for me. I mean, but what I liked the most about that was that they cleaned the the movie up and it looked so amazing. And now, of course, there's talk, and it sounds pretty likely that by the end of the year, probably in time for the holiday shopping season, we'll be able to get these movies on Blu-ray. Which which should just be great. I mean, I've seen them in HD on broadcast HD. Uh, Spike TV, I think, is the one that tends to do that the most. At least that's what I've seen. I don't know if anyone else does it, but um, you know, they look great in, in, in high def. And uh, you know, these were all shot in good old film and all that. So there's no problem in putting these things into high definition format. And unlike when you know they went to television doing tv so much was shot in video format which which you really can't blow up to to hd format and i'm not going to get all not going to get all technical with you or or as c-3po would say don't get technical with me i can't do a very good c-3po i don't think i think my voice is too deep for for a c-3po let's have another jeff comment for us this is our buddy jedi jeff who i just talked about a little while ago about this contest but here are his comments about the empire strikes back Hi Rico, this is Jeff, Jedi Jeff on the Treks and Sci-Fi forums. I'd like to thank you for doing this podcast this week, looking back at The Empire Strikes Back after 30 years. I think it's a great idea for a podcast, and I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Probably the first thing that I recall about uh, The Empire Strikes Back is that I wasn't really aware that was coming out. I'd seen Star Wars back in uh, 77, and the movie ended, and I just figured that it was just one movie and that was that. I wasn't aware that another one was coming out, I guess. Back then, we just didn't have the the media and the internet that we have these days, and uh, that news just never really got to me. So I think it was probably about a month or two before The Empire Strikes Back came out that I'd actually um, realized another movie was coming out, another Star Wars movie was coming out. I probably saw a commercial or maybe I read an article in a newspaper or something like that. Like, say, when I I heard the news, like, say, I was really excited, and I think for the, the next few months until the movie came out, I was just, it was all I can think about was another Star Wars movie movie was coming out and I was just like really really pumped about it what can I say about the Empire Strikes Back but wow like I went into that movie and to be honest it blew me away even more than uh, the original Star Wars A New Hope did just everything about that movie just left my jaw open like I was just in complete awe like say just things like the planets and the ships you know, like characters like the bounty hunters, just just so incredible. Like like just things I'd never seen before. And the movie just started off with just like a big bang. Like you know, they're on Hoth, and you know we kind of roll into the big battle of Hoth. And I recall at that time, uh, at my age, just wow. It was just wow. The I'm probably saying wow too many times, but uh, it was like wow. 
Like say that that whole scene, you know, kind of right at the start of the battle of Hoth, like uh, when one of the rebel um, soldiers, he's he's looking off in the distance after they kind of hear the um, the snowwalkers coming. Uh, that's how I I viewed them at the time was the snowwalkers. When you kind of saw them coming, and they kind of were looking at him through the um, the binoculars, and they're kind of just kind of moving up from his feet to the to the whole um, you know machine, the whole ATAT there. I guess it was just like holy smokes, it's, this is like cool, like never seen something like that before and was just like wow that's just awesome and like say it was just that whole sequence the whole battle of hoth sequence just blew me away it was just incredible like like i say seeing those snow walkers and seeing the I guess the scout walkers or the atsts and you know the snow speeders that whole segment and and the whole idea that they couldn't actually you know shoot the uh the walkers down they actually had to uh, trip them up with the um tow lines it's just like wow that's that's just Great stuff. Let's say some other segments in that movie, which um, as well just equally took my breath away, would have been um, also that uh, that uh, chase sequence through the asteroid field when um, the Imperials were chasing the Millennium Falcon. It was just like, wow, again. It's just something I'd never seen before, and it was just like so cool seeing the Falcon kind of just weave in and out of the, the asteroids, and then they went down onto the larger one, and then, you know, they hit out in that big giant space slug and it was just like wow for like a 12 year old boy which i was at the time it was just like this was like everything i ever really wanted in a movie i guess maybe uh one of the things i really pulled out of this movie that stuck with me for like a long long time was going into this movie and after seeing star wars i was just like a really really liked han solo like he was my favorite character and uh, i'd say han solo was just the best to me when they uh, arrived at uh, cloud city and then uh, han and leah and chewie got uh, captured by the the imperials by darth vader and it was just like, oh no, like say, what's going to happen? You know, I was so worried about Han, what's going to happen? And then they tortured him and it was just like, oh no, someone's got to help Han. You know, someone's got to get there and help him. And then, you know, they went and they froze him in the carbonite. And it was just like, I thought they were killing him. And it's just like, no, no. And I was relieved when Lando said that he was still alive. And it's just like, Phew. and I thought, oh, they'll, you know, they'll save him. But then when Boba Fett um, took him off and, uh, and uh, Lando and Chewie and Leia were kind of chasing them through the halls of Cloud City, you know, trying to get Han back. I thought, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to get Han back. 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 And then uh, we got to that segment where, uh, you know, Han gets loaded into the Slave 1. And then the Slave 1 leaves Cloud City and it's just like, no, they're not going to get Han back. They're not going to get Han back. They're not going to get Han back. And I must admit that my whole heart just kind of sank. It's just like, oh, no. Like, say, I was just like, oh, no. You know, he's gone. I thought for sure they would get him back, and, and it didn't happen. And I was just, like, just gutted. Like I say, my heart sank, and, you know, Han was, like, kind of just my favorite character. And it was kind of funny because, you know, Luke was also, you know, he had his his thing kind of going in the movie, training with uh, Yoda and then meeting up with uh, Vader later. And it was just, like, to me, it was just all Han. And it's just, like, I don't really care about Luke. You know, he got his hand cut off, and he was hanging off the bottom of Cloud City. Nah. I didn't really care. It was all about Han. And it's just like, oh, don't waste your time with Luke. Go try find, go and try and save Han. And it's just like, I guess I was this 12 year old boy, uh, you know, uh, and his admiration for uh, Han Solo. So, like I say, those are just some of my kind of memories of the, the movie there, Rico. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, share these. And, and thanks for uh, you having this podcast again. I'm looking forward to hearing your comments on the movie. I'm also looking forward to hearing everyone else's comments on this movie as well. So thanks, Rico, and uh, take care, everyone. 
Well, thank you, Jeff. Always good to hear from Jedi Jeff, and I know he's a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, one of the biggest collectors, I think, on on the forum and a fan of the show. You know, him, Kenny, uh, I, I'm not even anywhere near your league, you guys, with the action figures and stuff anymore. Anyway, yeah, Han, it was it was all about Han for you. Yeah, it, you know, I felt a little bit the same way. I know when I first saw it, that uh, I, I thought for sure, because, you know, so many movies, you know, try to wrap things up pretty much. You know, they're not, even though, and I and I'm pretty sure when I saw Empire, I knew there was another movie coming. In other words, I knew there was going to be a part six or whatever you want to call it, or part three at that time. Um, well, I guess they call it sort of episode five and then episode six but still the third movie you guys know what i'm talking about but i thought even though i i knew another one was coming i i still felt like since star wars the first one had wrapped things up that empire would wrap things up you know you wouldn't be left like oh they you know well well luke's hanging down there they'll get him they'll get han and everything will be fine you know basically you know they got beat up a little and you know a couple parts missing and stuff like that and in a little, you know, coffee table frozen inside of it or whatever, but everything is going to be good. And, and it's like, you know, this movie's getting, it, it's almost over. What the heck? What's going on? Go get Boba Fett. What's going, you know, I was like the same way with you, Jeff. I, I just, you know, the first time again, I saw it. And again, one of the things I think that makes it special is, is they don't wrap everything up all neat and tidy. Life isn't really like that. And, and it certainly isn't like that in the, in the, you know, Star Wars universe with a, a uh, rebellion going on, fighting the Empire and everything. But I, I just, again, thought it was such a, uh, you know, now I can look back on it. I'm kind of a movie buff, and I do the podcast, so I can respect, you know, the decision a little bit more than maybe I, I did at the time where I think I was a little bit maybe angry in a way. I'm like, you know, what the heck? You know, what the frack? You know, I got to wait three years to find out what happens to Han and Luke and, and the whole situation. I mean, you know, okay. He's over there, you know, hugging the princess. They're all grinning at each other. But Han's out there in carbonite. What the heck? Come on. So, uh, but yeah, it's um, it, it, it's really just an amazing movie, and we could talk forever. I still have, again, some more clips to play. I, I'd like, uh, let's see, what do we want next? Let me take a quick pause here. Yeah, I think we're just going to continue with the, the listener comments. There isn't a lot more. I mean, I, I was thinking about pulling clips and stuff from the movie itself but you guys know the movie i mean i played a few trailers and junk like that um but let's play uh this one next is from our buddy vartok who of course always has some very interesting things to say about whatever the subject is and music and other things uh but his here are some thoughts about empire from vartok Hi, Rico. This is Vartok, with some of my thoughts about the Empire Strikes Back on its 30th year anniversary. Sorry about that. I'll have to work on my Darth Vader impersonation. Maybe not my favorite of the Star Wars saga, but clearly one of the favorites of moviegoers based upon IMDb scores, where it ties for a new hope for the most favorite. For me, my favorite parts of the movie started right away at the beginning 
with the 20th Century Fox opening, which has always evoked expectations when it grabs your attention and makes you sit up straight in your theater chair. Then the famous Star Wars scrolling titles, which were done using a camera and motion over the text, and which could easily be done electronically today on a computer. George Lucas took the new and harder approach back in 1980. For some reason, I really liked the scene done on the Hoth ice world, perhaps because it was so unique to build such a foreign environment in such an inhospitable location with everything in white, where wild beasts roam and in one swipe can take you down and then suspend you in an ice cave from the ceiling. How about the scene where Han uses Luke's lightsaber to cut open one of those bipedal furry tauntauns' guts to create a temporary warm cavity for Luke until he can get the survival tent up? Great gross-out factor. One thing that seemed different in Empire Strikes Back was all of the unrequited love scenes between Han Solo and Princess Leia. Their constant shooting of one-liners back and forth, including those with Chewbacca, added a lot of humor to this Star Wars movie. Lines like scruffy-looking nerf herder and laugh it up, fuzzball, still make me smile today. A couple of other thoughts. We get to see Yoda for the first time. And he is such a comic figure until he gets down to business with Luke. And perhaps my most favorite of all, and maybe my favorite character in this movie, Darth Vader. Such a strong character. By now, Darth is always in control of himself in the series. He doesn't raise his voice anymore like he did in the first movie. Mess with Darth now, and you're simply replaced and given the title of Admiral for the Day. You have failed me for the last time, Admiral. And to compliment Darth's character is John Williams' Imperial March, one of the greatest of the Star Wars motifs for the entire series. And who can forget the big lightsaber fight scene between Luke and Darth Vader? And some of my favorite lines from the movie come from Darth. You don't know the power of the dark side. I am your father. And those are my thoughts, Rico. Well, that's great, Vartok. Thanks so much for uh, your thoughts on Empire. And it's good to hear a different perspective, even though you, you sound like you like it a lot, but said it wasn't your favorite. I'm curious which one uh, is your favorite of the Star Wars films. Uh, but, uh, you know, referring to your comment a little bit about Yoda, and, and he's a little comical at first, that's one thing that I really loved about this movie, again, when they introduced new things in it. You're, they, they try to constantly, I think, George, try to keep, keep you a little off guard. Because, of course, when we first meet Yoda, you don't really believe. You know, he, he went way opposite. Like, okay, Luke's going to train with this Jedi Master on this planet. So, of course, you'd expect this big, maybe burly warrior-type guy who can just, you know, crush people from across the swamp and, and you know, you know be, a, be a match for Vader in a, in a way. And Vader's this big, imposing figure. And you've got this little elf-like creature who, who at first is just digging through Luke's provisions and picking on R2 a little and all that kind of stuff and kind of playing with Luke a little in a way to just see what he's made out of and how he almost how he'll deal with this little mischievous little munchkin there underfoot. 
And and then, you know, Luke tells him, of course, I'm looking for a great warrior. And Yoda has so many great lines in this movie, you know, oh, wars make not one great or, you know, I'd be paraphrasing. I think that's about the way it went. But you know what I mean? And then, of course, you know, the revelation that this is actually Yoda and and the fact that you know you can't judge someone by their size it's just so much good stuff oh i could go on and on and on but we're getting towards the end here uh i think we are now ready for mr moyer i think i've played everyone else so uh rick uh you're up with your comments on empire and also uh, a new song and then i'm going to come back and wrap up today's uh, podcast tell you about the next few weeks and things like that so take it away rick moyer and uh, your band (laughs) your one-man band i think hi rico this is rick moyer from aberdeen washington i'm moyer 777 on the treks and sci-fi forums and i'm also the host of take him with you the weekly podcast I am so pumped that you are doing the 30th birthday party review of The Empire Strikes Back. I know you've done it before, but this is probably a new angle on it and everything, and that's really cool. Um, It just brings back a lot of fond memories to me. Um, It's so interesting how a movie like this has impacted our culture, especially my life and other people that I know that are geeks and and uh, enjoy um, you know, science fiction and stuff like that. It really has become a part of our life. We, we don't know what life is like without it. And so many references are done every day to the movie. And uh, in my own life, I just think about all the funny things that uh, remind me of the movie. And it just was really a classic movie. And I, it, was, it was such an amazing sequel to Star Wars. Really, really liked it. Well, I'm not going to go on for very long because I wrote a song, an original song this time. It's not a parody. And you won't even believe what style I did it in. You know, I like to rock out and do stuff like that. But I got this idea in my head to do it uh, like an Irish pub song, like a sea chanty or something. And so this is what you get. It's called The Empire Strikes Back. And I want to play it for you right now. Thanks, Rico, for everything you do. I have your podcast now. May the force be with you, Rico. Forget old Hawk with the ice And Tauntaun split open for warmth they suffice Luke got a vision after being clubbed by a paw And a shimmering Kenobi said go to Dagobah Imperial walkers that shot up the base And we caught a look at the back of Darth's face. Who can forget the asteroids filled with the creatures? Just some of the things that made this a feature. Here's to the guy that taught Luke how to fight. Treasure old Yoda and half-starbonite. I owe some fond memories to George Lucas, in fact. For he gave me the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he gave me the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. 
city awaits them as Yoda spouts on. And Luke trains like Rocky on a planet like Pond. Calrissian's a shyster as he sells the team out. C3's disassembled and R2 he pouts. Oh, is there another that could take Skywalker's place? That's what old Yoda says to Ben Kenobi's face. So Luke leaves his training cause his friends are in distress and ends up flying into a Cloud City mess. Oh, here's to the guy who taught Luke how to fight. Treasure old Yoda and Hans Carbonite. I owe some fond memories to George Lucas, in fact. For he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. This one, a long time have I watched. All his life as he looked away to the future, to the horizon, never his mind on where he was, hmm? what he was doing. The deal falls apart with Vader at the door. And he says to Lando, pray I don't alter it more. A bounty hunter by the name of Illustrious Fett buys a frozen ham on the surefire bet. Darth is Luke's father, so Obi-Wan lied. Come to the dark side and with me abide. But Luke, he knows better and he takes a stand. Anakin betrayed, chops off his son's hand. Oh, here's to the guy that taught Luke how to fight. Treasure old Yoda and hands carbonite. I owe some fond memories to George Lucas, in fact. For he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. One more time. Oh, here's to the guy that taught Luke how to fight. Treasure old Yoda and Hans Harlanite. I owe some fond memories to George Lucas, in fact. For he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, he gave us the movie, The Empire Strikes
Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. Anger, fear, aggression. The dark side of the Force are they. Easily they flow. But to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Consume you at will. As it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. Oh, that's just, again, an amazing, awesome job, Rick. I, I love it. And it's, uh, I think that's going to be, you know, it's immediately on my iPod and going to become one of my favorites of what you've done. Uh, there's something about a cool blending of those two, a little Irish pub song and, and something sci-fi. It just didn't seem like it would go together, but, you know, like peanut butter and jelly, I guess it, I guess it, it works. And thanks so much for doing that. I, I know how... Uh, how much time those kinds of things take and i really always appreciate what you send in musical and and otherwise as well and everyone's comments this week really uh, appreciate that made the show so much more rich because of that i was hoping for that i i know i had announced this idea for this show a few weeks back and hadn't really heard a lot i sometimes i think announcing in advance doesn't really work and then i started to nag a little some people on the forum and i got some quite a few comments in the last couple of days so thanks again guys it was great to hear all of your different thoughts on empire just a great movie i I, i've got it with me here in rockford and i want to just shove it into the dvd player and watch it again right now so but we're going to wrap up today's podcast i got to get out of here get this edited and do some other things um I wanted to give you a little brief, though, update, and I'm pulling up my website because it's on the main page of the website. You can always find that over at treksinsci-fi.com every day of the week, you know, because Internet is always pretty much available, right? Right. Um, oh, actually, I didn't put the updated list on the main website. Oh, i got to do that later today, but I have it on the forum, so let me uh, let me pull that up. So, <laughs> doot, doot, doot. Um, Next weekend, I do know what I'm doing next weekend. I will be home in Michigan next weekend. So what I'm going to try to do, my plan is at this point in time, is I am going to do a, I'm going to call it a little bit of a road show, no agenda. I'm going to try to get a portable recorder. Uh, One of mine broke. I I washed it when I was first here in Rockford, but I have an older one I think that should work. So I will try to record a little, uh, just, you know, talk about movies tv sci-fi whatever comes to mind it'll probably be in the car on my drive back here uh, next weekend after the long memorial day weekend um so what i'm thinking is actually the date or the release date for next week's show may be a little delayed it may be coming out it probably will be coming out on monday on memorial day when i get back here in rockford next week not on sunday so you have a little delay it's a holiday weekend in the u.s so what can i say on the week after that, I am going to be covering the Deep Space Nine episode in the Pale of Moonlight. Thanks for the suggestion, Joe. On June 13th, that weekend, I will be doing a show about our favorite geeky comedy on the air right now, The Big Bang Theory. I, I was debating to do this one yet or not, wait for another season to come, but this show is just so much fun. I, I thought it would be a great uh, topic to do. And on June, the weekend of June 20th, uh, this one, I, this is the main thing I really wanted to announce this week. I really need a guest host for that weekend because Lynn is actually going to come into town and visit me here in Illinois, in Rockford, that weekend. So we're going to be kind of busy. We're going to go see a show in Chicago and do some fun stuff. She's not been here yet. Uh, so 
the weekend of the 20th. If anyone out there listening on the on the forum or otherwise would like to tackle, you know, a Trek episode, that would be fine. Or another subject, a geeky-related topic that I have not covered before. That's the, the only real criteria. Well, there's really two. It's sort of geeky, sci-fi, fantasy-related, and uh, something I have not covered before, you know, a Trek episode I haven't done. Or, or some other topic, a TV show like Jeff did recently with a time tunnel, whatever, please email me at treksf at gmail.com. Let me know or shoot me a PM if you're a forum member and, and get something going and set up. Uh, you've got about a, I guess it's about a month or a little less to, to get that going. So hopefully we can have a guest host or there will be no podcast that weekend because I'm not going to record one then. All right, everyone, take it easy. I, I hope this um, sounds pretty much uh, like the usual uh, podcast you come, you've come to expect from Rico and Trex and Sci-Fi, getting uh, a little acclimated to this new environment, a new place, and it's 82 or something degrees in the inside here now, and it's only 11, 19 in the morning, so in for a warm one, I guess. Maybe take another shower already. All right, anyway, but I'm surviving, so that's the main thing, right? And and as a little teaser, there's some other little things job-related that are sort of, let's just say, some new little things percolating that I don't want to talk too much about yet. Um, nothing major or definite or, you know, it's all very, very, very early, early, but uh, who knows? In, in a few months, things could be quite a bit different for me but we will see how that all takes place uh or takes takes place is that the right way to say that i gotta get out of here i need some more tea and or a capri sun i had to just had a strawberry kiwi capri sun that was really good i like that i could guzzle another one right now so all right bye everyone have a great uh great week i will talk to you from the road next week on treks in sci-fi you've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. TreksInSciFi.com